This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hey, High Desert Word Center family. Welcome to our Wednesday night service. This is, of course, a little bit different for us, but I can tell you right now it's going to be anointed and it's going to be awesome. we got some worship coming up. We've got a message from Pastor Samples, and then I've got a sermon I'm going to give. And, of course, we're going to take up our tithes and offerings for Wednesday night. So we're going to include everything as normal, just in a different format. So stick with us. You are going to be blessed, I promise.
praise the Lord, church family. I've stood out here at Iquitos, Peru, doing the work at Jesus. And I just want to tell you, as we go to this service tonight, things a little different. It'll be things different for a while, but we can do all things through Christ for strengtheneth us. And, uh, you know, our, our, our church uh, theme is, our church vision, our mission statement, is equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. And you've been equipped for times such as this as well as I. I want to read you a couple passages from God's Word that are causing me to be able to do what I need to do down here and come out victoriously. And I know the same Word will work for you up there. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. But I rejoice to the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Well, you took care of me to get me down here. And then verse 11 says, Not that I speak in respect of what, for I have learned in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. I know how to both to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, and so can you. Another really famous passage, Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, Paul said, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength, my power, is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me, and as rest upon me, rest upon you. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. I'm down here for Christ's sake. You're doing, you're doing for Christ's sake, so this applies to us. When I am weak, then I am strong. These verses have carried me and sustained me. They will you too. And now enjoy the service and know this, we are all coming through this in the name of Jesus. We'll have a great testimony. We're equipped to do the work of the ministry. And glory to God, I love you, you love me. And together, in Christ, we win. Have a great service there. Hey everybody, let's go ahead and get into our message for tonight. Uh, this is obviously a, a little bit different uh, for me. I'm definitely uh, more comfortable with being in front of a large live crowd most times. So we're taking a step of faith and growing together tonight, doing some different stuff. It's going to be really, really good. First thing though is we need to open in prayer and we're going to get into this message. And I believe it's a timely word for exactly where all of us are at right now. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we lift you up tonight, and out of everything going on right now, Lord, we know that, hey, you are still here for us, God. You said you'd never leave us or forsake us, and so I pray that as we open our Bibles together tonight, wherever we may be, at our house, at our job, in a car, on a bus, wherever we are, Lord, that you are right there with us. You're anointing this time. You're speaking to each of our hearts, Lord, and you're building us up. We love you, Jesus. Tell us what we need to hear tonight, Lord, not what we just want to hear. Tell us what we need to hear and make us better tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the title tonight is this, Don't Be Afraid, I Am Here. And that's an exact quote from something that Jesus said. Uh, you know, a few years ago, several years ago, I did a, an entire series where I just uh, took different phrases directly from Jesus. It was called The Words in Red. A lot of you guys remember that. It, it, we ended up going 31 weeks on it. So it was, it was quite an extensive study. But, uh, but I, I, I got some of my notes from that message because 
even though it was six years ago or so, it, it really, this is coming back to me today. And so what I want to do is open up to John chapter 6, John chapter 6, and we're going to look at the story here of Jesus. He was walking on the water, and of course, the disciples get a little bit scared because they have no idea what's going on. But John chapter 6, and we're going to look at a few uh, verses here, and we'll get to this uh, phrase that Jesus used that I just said. So John chapter 6, starting here at verse 16, it says, That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him, but as darkness fell, and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. Well, for some people right now, the sea has grown very rough. And we're going to get into that. It says, they had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat. And immediately they arrived at their destination. And maybe you've heard this story a lot of times. This is one of the very few stories that is shared in all four Gospels. As you know, uh, John, his Gospel is a lot different than the other three, but this is one of the very few stories that John included that the others also included. So it tells me there's some important and deep stuff that needs to be dug out of this verse. And I know it's really timely stuff for us right now. But one thing that catches my attention here is the first few verses. It's like, hey, everything's going fine. They go down to the boat. They're just wanting to wait for Jesus or whatever. And they're like, well, you know, he's not here. Let's just go ahead and take off. And it says right there at verse 18, soon a gale swept down upon them. And I'm looking back on our lives Right now, to me, it seemed like about a week or two ago, everything was pretty much normal. You know, we were just sitting around doing our normal thing. Uh, life as usual for the most part. And it seems like soon, really quickly, out of nowhere, a gale swept out. A storm came and people are looking around like, where did that come from? And nevertheless, hey, it, it happened and we're here, but it's okay. And so it, it things really turned around really quick, and it seemed like before they they knew it, they were further and further out. And it seemed like, man, where we were just a short time ago seemed so far away. One thing that's interesting in this story to me that I guess I didn't always realize, and maybe you haven't, is, you know, I hear the story of Jesus walking on the water, and I don't know, I, I've assumed that it wasn't that far of a distance that he walked. I don't know what I pictured, but according to John... They were at least three or four miles out there. That means Jesus had been walking on water for three or four miles. He didn't just uh, start walking on water 20 yards out or 20 feet out. I mean, come on, a three or four mile walk, that takes a little while to do. If you do your step count on your iPhone or your Fitbit, I mean, that's like eight, nine, ten thousand steps right there that Jesus took on the water. And this wasn't calm water. This was rough Seas. This was rough water, but Jesus still found his way out to them, and it 
Probably took a minute for him to get out there. And so some of us, and some people right now, it seems like, man, we're out here. The waters are rough. We're so far from where we were just even a week ago. We're so far into this thing right now, and we don't even know what's coming up next. Well, wasn't a problem for Jesus. He walked all the way to these guys. And when they're terrified and they don't know what's going on, he says these powerful words. That I believe he's saying to us right now in 2020. It's going crazy right now. Jesus says, hey, don't be afraid. I'm here. It's going to be okay. I'm here now. I've got this. Everything's okay. And uh, we know that, right? We say we know that. We all would say amen to that. But truthfully, a lot of people I know my age and younger, a lot of our church is kind of on the younger end of things compared to some churches and that that's fine and that's good i know a lot of the people that have called me and talked to me this week they aren't afraid about the virus and things like that but some people are pretty scared about the economy right now they're scared about their fellow citizens they're they're scared about some stuff whether it's the disease or not no matter what it is that's been trying to come against you jesus is saying this to you it's okay don't be afraid I'm here. And when you know that, Jesus is here. He didn't say, hey guys, coronavirus showed up, I'm out of here, you guys are on your own. He is still here. He said he would never leave us or forsake us, even if this storm has carried our boat three or four miles out or however long, no problem for Jesus. He's walking on the water towards us, and he's not He's not turned back till he gets there to us. Whether you're dealing with the corona stuff right now or any other type of thing that's coming against your life. And so, I know for my life, I can't tell you how many times that I've been in the middle of a situation, a storm, so to speak, and to simply be able to pick up the Bible and read the Word of God, the peace that that brings to me, it's like I hear Jesus every time telling me, hey, calm down, I'm here. Everything's going to be okay. And I'm encouraging us big time right now that we need to be spending time in the Word of God. That's what I've been preaching every day to you guys right now, is that a lot of you are listening to the news for hours a day. You're listening to CNN, Fox News, CBS, NBC, whoever you listen to. You're on the internet listening all day long, getting minute-by-minute updates. I am all for being informed and knowing what's going on. But some of you are absolutely inviting a spirit of fear right into your house. It's affecting you. It's affecting your kids. It's affecting your faith. Because there's no way that you can give the news and everything else 10 hours a day and then give God 10 minutes and expect that to be enough. You need to be given God's word more time than Facebook and, and Instagram or Twitter or, or the president or whoever. I mean, listen, we're not against those things, but I'm a lot more for this, the word of God. This is where our answers are. And any time that we're in the middle of the storm, just to take a few minutes to be in the presence of Jesus. We need to be praying. We need to be reading. We need to be worshiping still. We're not going to let this thing shut down our relationship with God. When Daniel and the boys were in captivity, what did he do? Man, he prayed three times a day toward Jerusalem, just like he'd always done. He didn't say, oh, well, no, Babylon, man, we can't do that. No, it didn't stop in one bit. We've got to continue to do 
what we've always done. It may look a little different, but that's okay. We're still going to do what we've always done. I remember when I was 15, I went to Russia uh, for a, a month or so on a missions trip. And I'm not going to lie, that was hard. I didn't like it there. And I was very uncomfortable. And every day we'd go out and do street ministry. And we had this street drama, this play that we did. And, uh, you know, it wasn't usually that well received. And I know at the end of each day, we'd all gather back in our group of about a 100 teenagers and, of course, some adults. And we, we were at this hotel. We'd all go down to this alleyway between uh, each side of the hotel. We just had an acoustic guitar and our voices. But we would gather together, and it seemed like we were so far away from everything we'd ever found comfortable. And we sang worship songs to Jesus. And I, I mean, I swear, I felt Jesus wrap his arms around me right there every single time and say, hey, calm down. Don't be afraid. I am here. And we need to do that same thing right now. We need to know that Jesus is right here with us and he's not going anywhere. And we got to say the same thing. Jesus, I'm not going anywhere. A quick verse for reference, Joshua 1, 9. I've probably encouraged a lot of you with this verse in the past. And it's God speaking to Joshua as he's getting ready to uh, take him off into the promised land. Says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, he tells us to be courageous. Courageous means you have the ability to face down something that's scaring you, something that's intimidating you. Now, someone that says, man, nothing ever scares me. I'm really courageous. That doesn't mean you're courageous. You don't know if someone's courageous until they stand up to something that is intimidating to them or that's at least ruffling their feathers a little bit. You don't know if you're courageous until you've done that. But God told Joshua, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I am with you. That sounds exactly like what he said to the disciples in John chapter 6. And so I'm going to kind of get into this aspect of it. The first thing I was kind of trying to point out is that Jesus is with us everywhere we go. The second thing I'm trying to point out is don't be afraid. That's the first thing that Jesus said to them. Don't be afraid. Now, whenever we get bad news, whenever we hear this stuff going on, the first thing that tries to happen is fear tries to kick in. And in fact, fear tries to kick in even if you're not hearing bad news. Fear is all over the place and it wants to come into your life, whether there's a virus or an economic issue or whatever going on. Fear is always at the door trying to get into our lives. But it reminds me of a guy that had a very scary situation, a man named Jairus. He was a leader in the local synagogue. We're going to flip over to that story here. His daughter was extremely ill, and so he sends and asks for Jesus to come and pray for her on his way to pray. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood kind of comes in and interrupts, and praise God she did. We all know that she got healed just from reaching out to Jesus. But that brings us right here to Mark chapter 5. So we're going to flip over there real quick. Mark chapter 5, and starting at, at verse 35, here's what happens. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Sounds like something else Jesus said. 
where he said, don't be afraid, I'm here now. He said, he's telling this guy, don't be afraid, just have faith. He's saying the same thing to you in March of 2020. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. Well, sometimes right now, you may be telling people, hey, why all the weeping and wailing? Why? What's going on? What's all the commotion? And people are like, are you crazy? Don't you see what's going on here? And you're saying, no, she's just sleeping. Everything's, everything's going to be fine. Well, this is what they did to Jesus. The crowd laughed at him, verse 40. But he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. And so Jesus kicked everybody out. And sometimes you got to kind of give everybody the hand for a minute and say, hey, man, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Jesus. Verse 41, holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the little girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Well, there's so much in this story here. For the sake of time, we're not going to do some sort of uh, deep dig into it. But a few things are very much worth noting. That Jesus didn't listen to everybody making fun of him. Jesus didn't listen to everybody, all the haters that were trying to come in and, and say, man, this guy's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Jesus is like, man, get to step in. You, we, we don't got time for that. We don't have time for doubt and panic and fear right now. We've got a bad situation that we need to turn around. And that's exactly what he did. But a key to this whole story, and it's key for your life right now, is that Jesus took three guys with him. Who did he take? Peter, James, and John. And there was a lot of other people there. There was a lot of scoffers and haters. There was nine other disciples, at least, that we know of. What's wrong with them? They're probably good guys, right? Well, I'm guessing in this situation, Lord only knows what Thomas is going to say. We love him. We love you, Thomas. But listen, who knows what Thomas is going to say? He's going to come up with some doubt. Judas... Lord only knows what he's looking at right now, what he's trying to do. And the other guys, I'm sure, are nice and fine. But in the heat of battle, in difficult situations, there's a lot of people I love, but there's not everybody in my life that I want to be on the battlefield with me all the time. And in this situation, Jesus took three guys that he knew he could count on. He surrounded himself with people of faith. And that's an encouragement for us right now, that we need to be surrounding ourselves with people of faith. We may not be within our normal normal four walls that we're all used to. I get that. It's a little different. But we can still surround ourselves with people of faith that know how to fight the good fight of faith. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And when we're in a bad spot, you need to know that not just now, but always surround yourself with the right people. Who you are surrounded with on the battlefield makes all the difference in the world. You need people that you can trust. People that believe in Jesus, really believe in him, not just say it. And people that, that have got your back. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing right here. He made everybody else leave except for these three guys. And there's some wisdom in that for you right now. Now, in the two stories we've looked at, 
one common denominator is fear tried to come in and totally take over. And 2 Timothy 1.7, which we've been talking about a lot lately, says God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. God hasn't given you one, but there is one that does exist. And a lot of people are letting that spirit of fear do some things in their life right now. Fear is a potent enemy because it can attack you on all three levels of who you are. It can attack your spirit, if you'll let it. Proverbs 4 says to guard your heart, your spirit above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Some people, they're letting fear get to their spirit. Definitely, it gets to your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. There's people that fear is just wreaking havoc on their mind and their soul right now. And we know that Fear can eventually do physical damage to you and give you panic attacks, anxiety, ulcers, all sorts of things. It is a potent enemy that can get you on three levels. But Jesus, notice every time, both of these stories, it was not his will for these people to be in fear. He kept saying, fear not. Don't be afraid. His will for us right now is to fear not. To not be afraid. But as he told Jairus, just have faith. As he told the disciples, it's okay. I'm here. Everything's going to be alright. We need to get this. And so, I'm going to flip back to John chapter 6 for kind of my last portion here of this. And I'm telling you right now that no matter what anybody else does, I've determined I'm not making my decisions right now or anytime just based off of what everybody else is doing. I'm making my decisions based off of my relationship with Jesus. And we got a story here at the end of John chapter 6, where Jesus, man, he he should say some pretty controversial things, even in that day and age. We know a lot of Jesus' teachings and a lot of the Bible's teachings are controversial right now. I get that. But Jesus was even controversial back then in some of the stuff he said. And so in John chapter 6, he's telling uh, the crowd about him being the bread of life. And in fact, he takes it so far as to say as, hey, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, man, you're not, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And some people, they're like, well, I mean, I don't fully get that, but I trust you, Jesus. And sometimes there's things we don't fully understand about Jesus yet, but that's okay. We trust him. But a lot of people turned against him in this situation. And so John chapter 6, verse 66, and uh, it says, At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Not the twelve, but Jesus had a much broader group of other disciples. It says, At this point, many of them turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Can you imagine Jesus? I just picture this, turning around and saying, They're gone. You guys next? Are you going to leave too? And there may be people deserting Jesus right now. There may be people saying things, blaming him for things, accusing him of things. Maybe he's turning to you right now and saying, Are you, are you going to leave me too? But look what Peter says here in verse 68. Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. And that's what I'm saying to Jesus right now. Where else would I go? 
I don't have anything else besides Jesus. I have staked and wagered and put everything that I own and I am on this fact that Jesus is real and his word is true. I've got nothing else. I've got no plan B. This is plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This is everything that I've got. And so I'm encouraging you that no matter what anybody else is doing, you don't have anywhere else to go anyway. Stick with Jesus. He's getting us through this. We're going to be okay as a church, as a family, as a nation. If we will stick to Jesus, we're going to be okay. And so my word for you tonight, my message, my encouragement is Jesus is telling you, don't be afraid. I'm here. It's okay. He's saying, don't be afraid. Just have faith. And I'm going to pray for you guys right now. And in the coming uh, days and, and however long this little season lasts, I promise it's only temporary. It may seem like a big deal. It's not. We'll be back together real soon. But we're going to find ways for us to be able to reach out and, and be there for each other. Uh, but I'm praying for you right now. If you need prayer at all, man, you message us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, get a hold of us, even on YouTube or, or, or the email or call. Some of you have my number, you know, it's okay. Call, text. We'll get one, hold of one of the church leaders. We'll pray for you. We're not, we're not ceasing ministry right now. In fact, ministry is getting a lot busier right now, which is awesome. But I want to pray for you guys as we close out. And then, uh, our final thing is we'll, we'll do our Wednesday evening tithes and offerings because we are not going to close down our, uh, the windows of heaven according to Malachi 3. We're keeping that open more now than we ever have. But let's pray over you guys. Father, in Jesus' name, I lift up all the High Desert Word Center family, anybody else that's watching right now. And Lord, we thank you for this encouragement. We are not alone. We are not forsaken. Your mercy endures forever. You're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And you're right here in the middle with us, God. And I pray for anybody that's dealing with any stress, anxiety, fear, uncertainty. Lord, maybe the kids are getting stressed out and scared. God, I pray for the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, to guard the hearts and minds of our church family right now. And Lord, we know that you're working things and getting things to come together where we're going to all be back together soon. Lord, like the big happy family that we are. We thank you for peace tonight, and as maybe uh, we're getting ready to put the kids to bed or whatever it is we're doing, or may everybody sleep awesome tonight, have wonderful dreams, sweet sleep, and a great day tomorrow, and we thank you, God. We've got the joy of the Lord. You're with us every step. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. We're here for you, and we're making it through this together. We're not one bit scared. God is good, and he's here. Amen? Fear not. Well, hello, church. What time is it? Happy time. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength. There is nothing different about this than us being together. I know you're far from me, but it's okay. I'm close to you in spirit and in heart. So remember, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, I know Pastor is talking to you about Philippians 4. I want to give you a quick rundown on that. 
Rejoice, don't worry, reminds us what to think on. It also talks about sharing in concern for their pastor and in giving, just like what you have done and what you are doing. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for the financial support there. Um, he's continuing to minister. It's awesome. You are receiving a spiritual reward. You have a part in that because of your giving. It also talks about having contentment in any circumstance and situation. And then it goes into our favorite verse about through Christ we have strength, right? We can do anything through Christ. And this is the verse I want to get to for you. Not that I seek a gift, but I seek fruit that abounds to your account. That's what our giving is about right now, is making sure that we're sowing and reaping and that our harvest is staying strong in Jesus' name. It also says in verse 19 and 20, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Our lives and our giving are going to be, bring glory to Him. So we're going to stay faithful in our giving. We're going to stay faithful in our receiving. We're not going to lose track of that. So we have supplied a few ways for you to be able to do that remotely. You can give online through hdwc.org. You can also do a mail-in. Or you are welcome to call in 760-256-1312 and you can give by phone and we'll agree in prayer with you over your tithes and offerings that way as well. Any one of those three ways. Also online you can give one time where you can set up an auto give so you are remembering to stay faithful. So let's stay connected and in faith over our giving and let's say our financial faith confession together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, everybody, we're going to close out service for tonight. And, of course, we'll have some details over the next few days on what we're going to do Sunday morning for you to stay connected and get tuned in. But the way we close every service out as of 2020, the beginning of this year, is the Barstow Faith Confession. We're not stopping this, not one bit. Let's say these words together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you soon, everybody. Love you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.